0: The short story goes like this. The Israelites occupied the promised land for over a thousand years when in 636 AD, they were overtaken by Islamic Arabs who controlled the land until the late 1800s. After World War I, the Brits gave the land back to the Jews, which never sat well with the Palestinians, who insist that the promised land belongs to them. So who should rightfully occupy Israel? Well, if you haven't figured it out by now, consider this. Originally, God gave the promised land to the Israelites. A thousand years later, the Islamic Arabs took the land by force. You're listening to Strong Tower Church. There's a lot of confusion about Israel, Palestine, the Hamas. And the overall sentiment in America is that we should defend and pray for peace in Israel. The trouble is most people don't understand the whys. Why should we pray for Israel? Why should we defend their land? And perhaps most misunderstood of all, why is there so much unrest in the Middle East? Now, the Bible plainly says in Psalms 122, verse 6, pray for the peace of Jerusalem. May all who love this city prosper. I think most will agree that it's always better to be found on the right side of history. But I'm becoming increasingly aware just how uninformed people are where the Middle East is concerned. Perhaps more troubling are the figures of our very own government who have no real sense of what's going on either. For many in government, peace in the Middle East is an idea that contains little more than geopolitical goals. And moving beyond that, the humanitarian reasons that peace is best for all and drives our species closer to a utopian future. Again, and without doubt, it is best to be found on the right side of history, But what are the real reasons behind the instability between Israel and Palestine? This is an age-old feud which goes back to our earliest history, and it is centered in religion and belief, which is exactly why in an increasingly secular world, the reasons why have become more clouded than ever before. Let's start with Abraham, which is where the nation of Israel first begins. Although it wasn't called Israel until the days of Jacob, it certainly started with Father Abraham. In the days of Abraham, God's people were nomads wandering around this area called Canaan. Abraham, who was promised to have a child with his wife, becomes impatient and tries to force the hand of God, which results with an illegitimate son named Ishmael. Fourteen years later, Abraham's legitimate son, born to him by his wife, Isaac, enters the world. When Isaac is five years old, he's weaned, and Ishmael persecutes his brother Isaac. And this initiates what God told Abraham about the affliction of his people, which lasted 430 years. God also explains that there will always be enmity between Ishmael's line and Isaac's line, which, spoiler, is why we're talking about this today. Father Abraham's son Isaac marries Rebekah and has two boys named Esau and Jacob. Jacob famously wrestled with an angel, and after he prevailed, was given a new name, and that new name was Israel. Now, still living in Canaan, Jacob had 11 sons and at least one daughter. One of his sons was named Joseph, and likely you're familiar with Joseph's story. The short version is that his brothers hated him, sold him into slavery, and by God's hand, he ends up as second in command in Egypt. While Joseph is ruling in Egypt, they experience a time of famine, and the Lord leads Israel, that is, Jacob, his kids, the whole tribe, to Egypt, where they put down roots and their population flourished. The emerging Egyptian superpower became anxious about the growing number of Israelites, overpowered them, and ultimately enslaved the entire people. So the time from when the persecution of God's people began, which was the persecution that Isaac received from his brother Ishmael until the time Israel became slaves in Egypt, was 215 years. Now, for the following 215 years, the Israelites were slaves to Egypt until the Exodus. Let's rewind just a little bit. 350 years into the total amount of 430 years of persecution foretold to Father Abraham, an Israelite child named Moses is born. At three months old, He's placed in a basket and adopted by Pharaoh's daughter. When Moses is 80, he returns to Egypt with his brother Aaron, and the exodus of Egypt is initiated. The Lord miraculously delivers the Israelites who cross the Red Sea, live in the wilderness for 40 years, and are ultimately brought to the Promised Land, a territory that we all recognize on the map today called Israel. Moses, as you might remember, was the author of the first five books of the Bible called the Pentateuch. Those books are Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, which of course follows the history of God's chosen people. While this was all occurring, this period of 430 years, the history we don't read is that of Ishmael, the first yet illegitimate child of Father Abraham. Because of all the trouble it was causing at home, Ishmael and his mother Hagar were banished to the desert, but God loved Hagar and he loved Ishmael and promised to take care of them and make Ishmael a great nation as well. Ishmael had 12 sons and his line increased. They were known as the Ishmaelites. Through Ishmael's lineage comes a man named Adnan, who was quite important as his descendants became known as the Adnanites, of which two Arab branches emerge the Madar and the Rabia. From the Madar branch came a tribe called Qarish. And from that tribe came the prophet Muhammad. Muhammad was the author of the holy book of Islam called the Quran. And Muslims believe that the Quran was revealed to Muhammad over a period of 23 years, starting with his initial revelation at Mount Hera. While all this was going on with Ishmael and in his line, so too was the Israelite struggle with the Egyptians and the Exodus and the arrival into the Promised Land, which the Israelites occupied for over a thousand years, when in 610, the religion of Islam was established in Mecca. By 636, much of that region to the north and east of Mecca were conquered by Islamic Arabs, including the invasion of the Holy Land where Islamic followers attempted to eradicate the Israelites by genocide or ethnic cleansing and destroy all the evidence of their existence, including the destruction of temples, holy places, monuments, and written histories. They literally tried to erase the Israelites from history. After the Islamic takeover, the Arabs controlled this land throughout the Ottoman Empire. So fast forward to the 1800s. In 1847 through 1947, the displaced Jewish people launched a campaign to retake their homeland and establish an independent Jewish state. You might remember this as the, the Zionist group. As World War I ended and the Ottoman Empire collapsed, Britain took control of the Holy Land and signed the Balfour Declaration, which rightfully declared this land as belonging to the Jews, acknowledging that it was theirs for over a thousand years before Islam's hostile takeover. In the years to follow, there were many anti-Jewish riots led by the Arabs in the region who didn't want the land given back to the Jews for theological reasons that stretch all the way back to Father Abraham's illegitimate son, Ishmael. Remember that Ishmael and his mother Hagar were banished, yet remained protected by God, becoming the nation of Ishmaelites. And while the Israelites trace their ancestry to Isaac, the Ishmaelites trace their lineage to Ishmael. Bowing to the pressure and unrest in the Middle East, and using their profound secular reasoning that these diametrically opposing groups could live at peace by sharing land, Britain modified their promise to the Jewish people and drew new borders within the Holy Land, creating the West Bank and the Gaza Strip to make room for Arabs, also known at that time as the Palestinians. To add insult to injury, during the period between World War I and World War II, Britain limited Jewish immigrants to 75,000 per year. After World War II, in 1947, Israel and Palestine agreed on giving the West Bank to Palestine. But the Palestinians wanted control over the entire region, believing that it was rightfully theirs. In 1967, the Six-Day War broke out resulting in Israel acquiring total control over the land. In an effort for peace, the Jewish people allowed Palestine to maintain the West Bank as well as the Gaza Strip, which proved too little for the Palestinians, who then created the PLO. The PLO is the Palestinian Liberation Organization, whose sole mission was to end what they called the Israeli Occupation. Along with the PLO, another more extreme group was created called Hamas, which is known globally as a terrorist organization. The purpose of Hamas is to fully wipe out Israel and eliminate Jews from the earth for no other reason than the fact that they exist. But why do the Palestinians detest the Jews? Essentially, what was playing out in 610 AD, 1947, and now, In the 2020s, is a family feud. The father wound experienced by Ishmael, compounded over time and hardship, paved the way for a competing religion, Islam, that within its DNA demands the complete annihilation of the Jewish people and those who support them. Palestine believes that the Holy Land belongs to them and that the Jewish people are essentially squatters on their land. The truth, however inconvenient it may be, is that the Holy Land was given to Israel by God, and they occupied that land for over a thousand years before the Arabs and the nation of Islam overtook their territory. Which means it is Palestine who is the squatter, and certainly history proves that they are also the troublemakers in the region. The Jewish people have repeatedly offered their land, the land that was promised to them by God, to Palestinians in exchange for peace. Yet all of this should come as no surprise to Christians who are familiar with the Bible. Speaking to Hagar about her son Ishmael, the angel of the Lord said in Genesis sixteen nine through 12, I'll just read it to you. It says, return to your mistress and submit to her authority. Then he added, I will give you more descendants than you can count. And the angel also said, you are now pregnant and will give birth to a son. You are to name him Ishmael, which means God hears. For the Lord has heard your cry of distress. And in verse 12, it says this, this son of yours will be a wild man, as untamed as a wild donkey. He will raise his fist against everyone and everyone will be against him. Yes, he will live in open hostility against all his relatives. So just imagine from his line, From the line of Ishmael comes the Quran. The Quran labels those outside of their faith as Kafars, which is to say, non-believers. According to the Quran, in Surah 3360, it says, They, Kafars, will be cursed, and wherever they are found, they will be seized and murdered. It goes on to teach that it is appropriate to lie, trick, beguile, siege, and even rape and kill the Kafar as they are to be viewed as less than animals, which, as unpleasant as it is, explains Hamas's detestable behavior. The Islamic world accommodates no other religion happily. Islam stands at loggerheads with all other faiths. It is diametrically on its own against a non-Islamic world. It entertains no social or religious reforms. Bragging that theirs is a religion of peace They communicate chiefly with guns and bombs, rape, murder, and savage barbary. There is no peace in Muslim nations. In fact, the Hamas covenant reads like this, and I quote The day of judgment will not come about until Muslims fight the Jews, killing the Jews. Jihad becomes the individual duty of every Muslim, end quote. Think about it. Who was the chief antagonist to God's people? throughout the Old Testament. It was the Philistines. But whatever happened to them? Why did they just disappear? Now, some would have you believe that the Philistine cities lost their independence to Assyria, and all their revolts in the years to follow were crushed, and they were subsequently absorbed into the Neo-Babylonian Empire. However, we know that in the year 135, when Emperor Hadron's forces had suppressed the Jewish revolt led by Bar Kuchaba, the emperor renamed the province Provincia Syria-Palestina. The name change, which essentially meant that Judea was now called Palestine, had obvious political implications. One being that the Philistines were now known as the Palestinians and remain the antagonist to God's chosen people in the saga of humanity. So don't be surprised when the propagandized groups insist that it is the Jews who are occupying Palestinian lands. Or that those in our very own government who share these beliefs remain silent about the atrocities which are occurring in Israel. They are facing the reality of that which they have chosen to believe, which, as we know from the Bible, is open hostility toward everyone who does not share their belief, which, not coincidentally, is the very same ideology held by groups like Black Lives Matter, critical race theorists, gender affirmation groups and of course the alphabet mafia i started this explanation with a scripture psalms 122 in verse 6 it says pray for the peace of jerusalem may all who love this city prosper the founding fathers of this great nation believed in religious freedom a freedom that can only exist within a judeo-christian paradigm just as the jews offer peace and coexistence to the palestinians america offers peace And coexistence to all religions. Sadly, many other religions don't see it that way and don't make space for the beliefs of others. It's the age old, we believe in tolerance as long as you agree with us mentality, which in this case makes the allies of Israel, places like America and people like Americans, targets for evil as well. It's not that they hate you, it's that they hate our God and by proxy, the people of God. I'm encouraged that our nation, for the most part, is being found on the right side of history in our open and defensive posture towards Israel. But what the world is not being taught, and what Christians must not be ignorant to, is that this war is not about square footage. It's not about land. There is plenty of land to go around. This ongoing war is an effort, on one part, to extinguish the God of heaven from the earth. And all those who love and serve him. This is a holy war that reaches all the way back to Father Abraham. Sometimes it's a cold war, and other times it's a hot war. But war it is. War it was, and war will always be, right up until the second advent of Christ. Until then, the burden remains on us to defend Israel, fight evil wherever it persists, and pray For the peace in Jerusalem. Thank you for listening. To search our video archive on YouTube, type Strong Tower Casper in the search bar. For more information, visit our website at strongtower.church.